Welcome to Ask Peggy About Your Finances, because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by writer, speaker, and certified financial planner, Peggy Doviak. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak, and I am a certified financial planner practitioner. This is a show for you to help you understand your money better. We look at the stock market and the things that make it go up and down. We look at financial legislation that can impact your bottom line. In the Plan Your Prosperity segment, we take a deeper dive into a financial planning topic so you can understand the details. And then finally, in the Ask Peggy segment, that's your opportunity to ask me a question. So if you'd like to submit a question to the show, go to askpeggy.com, that's A-S-K-P-E-G-G-Y.com, and you'll see a link where you can submit your question. Then I'll be in contact with you, probably get a few more details, and then I can craft an answer that will be educational to the listeners. So let's get started with the Bulls and Bears market and economic update. And I'd like to start by giving just a little bit of good economic news. Last night on 60 Minutes, Jerome Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve, gave an interview. And in that interview, he said that the Fed is not nearly out of tools to help fight this economic downturn. There's been some concern that with some of the more recent Federal Reserve movements that they might be a little thin in the tool chest right now. But Jay Powell said no, they have plenty of tools. They could lower interest rates and they could also do an asset purchase strategy where the Federal Reserve purchases treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Now, why do they do that? They do that because one of the problems that happens in an economic downturn is cash gets tight, money gets tight, and people are afraid to let go of their money and institutions are afraid to let go of their money. So when the Federal Reserve purchases treasuries and they purchase the mortgage-backed securities that are a function of government agencies, what they're doing is they're taking securities out of the market and they're putting cash into the market. By flooding the market with cash, that helps liquidity. That makes banks more likely to make loans. That makes all of the economic functions just go better because people aren't afraid that there isn't going to be enough cash. Now, it could be a very large purchase, and he acknowledges that we will have to deal with the deficit that these actions are taking, but he said, and I agree with him, this isn't the time you can worry about that. There's going to be time after the pandemic, after we get out of this horrible economic crisis that we're in right now, to get all of these situations resolved. But right now, we need to keep the economy going forward. His biggest fear is a second wave of the virus in the fall. 
leading to further economic pain. And it's not going to have a lot to build on at that point because he warns that the second quarter of 2020, that's April, May, and June, could see a negative gross domestic product in the 20s or 30s. So negative 20%, negative 30% for second quarter 20 GDP. Now, to give you a little bit of a frame of reference on that, our GDP has been running a positive 3, 4, 5%. You know, really great GDP is 5 for the United States because we're a developed nation. 3 is not that unusual. Negative 30 is almost unheard of, okay? It's a terrifying fall off the cliff. The technical economic definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. And I don't like to predict doom and gloom, but I'm absolutely certain that we are in a recession right now that then will be identified once we've hit the second negative quarter of GDP, which will be the third quarter of 2020. Because if the second quarter is coming in at negative 20% to negative 30%, the third quarter isn't going to be positive. It's just not. So we're definitely in a recession. Now, we're not in a depression. A depression from an economic perspective lasts three or more years. You have to have a decline of GDP of 10%. Um, well, we've got that times three. But is it going to last three years? It probably isn't. That's my opinion. Jerome Powell last night said that, you know, people are comparing this to the Great Depression. That lasted 10 years. What we're dealing right now with is awful, but when there is a vaccine, when there's an effective antiviral, the economy itself will begin to start churning along in a more normal function. There'll be great loss because of what's happened, especially in small businesses and even some larger ones. But he doesn't think it's going to last 10 years. I don't either. I'm not sure that it will last three years of negative GDP. But no doubt we have a lot of pain right now. But it's good to know that the Fed is really tracking this, is taking it very seriously and is going to do whatever it takes to help our economy recover. He said, don't count the U.S. economy out. So that's very, very hopeful, very optimistic. I'm hoping that we will come back from this more quickly. A second bit of good economic news is oil prices. Now, during the period of time that I was only running repeats, oil just absolutely fell off the cliff. That was April 20th, and in an absolutely unprecedented move, the front month of oil futures settled at a negative $37.63 a barrel. That means not only would they give you a barrel of oil, they would pay you $37.63 to take it. Oil's never settled negative before. Now, what's a front month? A front month is the very next month in the futures market. So on April 20th, 
it was settling for the month that Futures contract was expiring. And so because there was a mad rush to offload everything, the market just fell by um, 300%, I think it was. It was an insane fall. Yeah, 300% settling at negative 37.63. Now, we are very close to the June expiration. This is May 17th. And right now, oil, West Texas Intermediate, which was the same kind of oil that settled negative last month, is at about $30 a barrel positive. And it doesn't show indications of falling off the cliff like what happened in April. So the fact that the oil market is stabilizing is actually really good for the overall economy. There's been some agreements to cut production. The Saudis are making movements that they're going to help the situation. And just generally, people aren't in an absolute state of panic like they were last month. So with oil settling positive and Jerome Powell saying that he thinks in the end of the day things will be okay, I think that's a reason that we can all be less frightened. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the legislative update of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today I want to talk to you about a pandemic stimulus bill that passed the House of Representatives on May 15th. It includes money for city and states and Native American tribes. It provides assistance in making sure that elections could be held via mail. It provides a $25 billion bailout to the Postal Service that is in a lot of financial difficulties right now. It's very important to save the Postal Service for those areas that are going to need to send in their ballots this fall or for the citizens who aren't in good health who can't stand in lines. There's also mortgage relief, rent relief, a temporary suspension of the limit on the state taxes that can be deducted. If you remember, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act limited how much could be deducted from state income taxes, and this bill provides a temporary hiatus on that. And then finally, it would provide a second stimulus check for all Americans. Now, you should know that the Senate has already said that this bill is a non-starter, and the president has said he will veto it. In fact, the bill did not pass with universal Democratic support. Some Democrats saying that it got a little too far away from pandemic relief and that other issues should be passed in other bills, but still it got through the House. So why am I wasting time talking about a bill that I don't think is going to pass? I really think it's an opening um, shot, salve, into what the next relief package is going to be. Jerome Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve that we talked about in the last section, has said that there's going to have to be more relief, and he's prepared to do whatever he has to do and believes Congress is probably going to have to take additional actions as well. 
I mean, we're in a very deep hole right now with our economy, and there's a lot of people who are being hurt. And so I believe that the House put this forward as basically a wish list of things that they would like to see addressed. I don't believe that the Senate is going to wait much longer to see the impact that the last stimulus package had. That's what they said they want to do. And I understand that when you put money into an economic system, the results aren't immediate. It takes a while for an interest rate cut to percolate through to get the most advantage that you're going to get out of it. So I understand in one sense thinking that a little bit of a pause before more money is put into the system makes sense. But unfortunately, that $1,200 check in some parts of the United States didn't pay the mortgage, didn't pay the rent. And I know a lot of landlords are trying to be helpful right now, but they have bills and notes that are coming due themselves. So I really believe there will be another package. I believe it will be sooner and not later. And I think that by getting in everything that the Speaker of the House and the House of Representatives has provided the Senate with something now to work with. I don't think that what the Senate comes up with is going to look like this. I don't know what they'll keep. I don't know what they'll drop. But I'm telling you this because even though I have every intention of doing a show now every Monday because I am coming from you from the beautiful home studio of Peggy Doviak. You know, sometimes something happens and maybe you miss a show. Maybe something actually happens in the middle of the week. I was really shocked when the first payroll protection program ran out of money in days. Now, when you think about it, I shouldn't have been shocked because small business owners were absolutely desperate to get money to keep everything going. And then some bigger players came in and took huge bites of money. You know, my opinion on that is the legislation needs to be crafted carefully so you include the people that you want to include. If there's groups you don't want to include, don't write the legislation so they can take it. You really can't blame a business for taking money if they're qualified for it because they're trying to make payroll too. But I think something could come out. It could come out the middle of a week. I might not be doing a show until the next Monday, and it might not broadcast where you are until the Friday after that. So I want you to pay attention. And if you're a small business owner, I really want you to pay attention. Because sometimes these things pass, and then all at once, there's something that's available. And I like to try to help you keep up with things, but I can't always be there and I can't always get you information. And I know that right now it's much more interesting to binge watch something like Tiger King than it is to watch the news all the time. So I don't want something to get by you. If you're an individual citizen, I'd be super surprised if it's something you have to apply for, but it's good to keep up with the news just in case they pull something that I'm not anticipating. So there is talk of another stimulus package. There's talk of another stimulus check. I'm hoping that we can do something to make sure that people can pull this through because it's very scary. And a lot of industries aren't open, even though some parts of our economy are beginning to reopen or people have reasons that they can't return to work. 
So, you know, if you're in that situation, my heart breaks for you. I'm going to do everything I can to give you as many tools as I can. And otherwise, we're just going to all kind of have to watch this together. Pay close attention. As I learn more about it, I will provide you with updates. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Plan Your Prosperity section of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And today, I want to go all the way back to what I believe is the very beginning of financial planning, which is cash flow. I've been listening to a lot of financial celebrities talking in articles, on the news, on the radio, about what to do right now if you're experiencing a financial crisis in the middle of this pandemic. And really, to a person, the first thing that they say is, well, you need to know how much you spend. What I've discovered after having asked many people over the years what they spend is people don't know what they spend. Now, once in a while, I'll have a client come in who uses budgeting software or does something with their money that helps them track it pretty closely. But that person really is about 1% or 2% of the number of people that I've talked to face-to-face -face or I've talked to when I've spoken in a bigger crowd. Most of us, even when we think we know how much we spend, we have a rough ballpark in our mind, and we think that's what we spend. Except we don't. We spend a lot more than that, usually. So what I would like to recommend that you do, and this is going to have to be kind of a long-term project, because right now, you're probably not spending like you normally spend. You may be spending less if you're still staying at home and you're cooking rather than eating out. If you are eating out and having food delivered more, you may be spending more than average. So all I suspect to be true right now is that the amount that you're spending is probably not completely representative of what you normally do. But there's a few things that are pretty much the same. So I want you to begin tracking your spending now. And by tracking your spending, I mean writing down every single thing you buy for a month. And you're going to have to probably do this for several months, maybe over time, maybe over the next year, as your life begins to return to a little bit more normal. Now, when you write everything down, I also want you to write down what it was. So what we're winding up with at the end of the month is the list of bills that you have to pay. Those are called your non-discretionary expenses. And then there's the money that you spent, but you didn't really have to do it. That's your discretionary money. Now, in normal times, if you normally eat out a lot, you can't just wipe that out and say, okay, well, I just won't eat out and I'll save money. You need to add in groceries. So as you're looking at what is discretionary and non-discretionary, if you're just wiping out a discretionary purchase and saying, I won't make it, 
you need to be careful on the non-discretionary side what that affects. Now, by writing it down, you really know then how much you spend every month. And that helps you with many financial planning things down the road, looking at how much money you would need to save for retirement, looking at how much life insurance you might need so that your income could be replaced and those bills could be paid. For right now, I'm looking at it more as a crisis management tool so that if you know how much you have to spend, then you know if you're trying to seek aid, or if you're trying to figure out how to make things happen, how much you have to have. Additionally, by writing everything down, you won't overlook a bill. Right now, there's a lot of organizations that are trying to make it a little bit easier on you, so you might be able to defer a payment. You might be able to pay part of something and not have to pay all of it. So once you know every bill that has to be paid to keep everything running properly, you get on the phone with those people if you can't pay your bills. And you find out if there's any latitude. You find out if they're able to work with you at all. Now, once you have that list, you know what you have to pay that they're not willing to work with you, and you know the people who are. I would encourage you to not take this as an opportunity to take kind of an easy two or three months in case you actually still have money coming in. Because if you have money coming in and you choose to defer it so you can spend your money, you're really going to be in a deep hole at the end of however long this is that could be difficult to get out of. If you don't have the money, you already know you're in the hole. There isn't anything we can do about it. I'm just trying to help you financially survive so that you put the resources that you have where they have to be spent and you try to work out a deal so that you can postpone everything that doesn't have to happen. This will give you tools that you can use to try to get through this. This will give you the opportunity to try to stretch your cash flow as much as you can. So is it okay to tap into your retirement savings? I mean, I would prefer you didn't, but certainly it is better than letting bills go unpaid. Is it okay to put it on a credit card and just make the minimum payment again? Now, now you're paying interest and it's not a good habit to get into, but you have to do what you have to do to survive. I think one of the things that you need to do is take a deep breath and realize that this is not judgmental at all and that you haven't failed. This is a crazy situation that nobody saw coming in the idea that our entire world would shut down and that people would be not necessarily wanting to eat in restaurants and theaters would close and all of these wonderful things that make our life fabulous are just closed right now. So deal with it, look at it, don't be afraid of it. Being afraid of it won't help, it'll still be there. And this is gonna give you the opportunity to do what you need to do, take care of it as best you can, and I'll stay in there with you and give you as many tools as possible. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. 
And today I want to talk about unemployment benefits if you are self-employed and that includes people who work in the gig economy. You know, the gig economy is that economy where you don't necessarily make a traditional weekly paycheck, you get paid gig by gig. So it really broadens the definition of being self-employed to include practically everyone. And the reason this expansion matters is unemployment benefits are now available for you and in the past they haven't been. In the past, gig economy employees and self-employed people generally didn't qualify to receive unemployment benefits. But thanks to the CARES Act, C-A-R-E-S, it's an acronym and C stands for coronavirus, if you are self-employed and you have lost your job or you're underemployed because of this pandemic, you qualify for unemployment benefits. You can get up to 39 weeks of unemployment and you can receive an additional $600 a week over what your normal benefit amount would be. So this is a huge lifesaver for people who are doing sort of their own thing. And in the past, they really didn't have a safety net. The CARES Act helped with that. Now, you know, the CARES Act isn't new, but unemployment has been super difficult, mostly because it's been hard for the system to handle the volume of requests and unemployment payments that it's needed to process. So if you have applied already, I want you to just stay patient. If you need to apply again, do it. Remember that if you have started getting benefits, unemployment isn't a apply for it once and you're done deal. Every single week you're unemployed, you have to go back in and fill out paperwork. And if you don't fill out the paperwork, you won't receive compensation for that week. But if you're still out there and you're struggling, this is an opportunity to try to help put some money in your pocket so that you'll have a way to make it work. Now, remember that unemployment benefits are handled by your state. These federal guidelines apply to you, even though a couple of states haven't been thrilled with it. I haven't heard of any state that's actually been able to turn the benefits down. Some of the states feel like the money that's being paid to the unemployed workers is more than what they would typically get in that state if they were working their jobs. That's the source of the consternation. But overall, it seems like we should do everything we can to help people who are struggling to get by. So you apply through your state. You'll have to provide all of your information. The exact way of applying varies state by state, so I'm not going to go through lo some long detailed process because what we do here in Oklahoma is probably not going to be like what you'll do in your state. But don't give up. Okay, I know this is frustrating. I know it's getting really, really scary for a lot of people. Remember, if you're not a gig economy worker, but just a small business owner, you're going to apply, or you're going to, uh, you're going to, 
qualify for this unemployment as well. So this is just making sure that people who might not know they qualify know. But if you're a small business owner, if you're laid off from just a normal job, these same rules apply to you. You get the extended benefit period of time. You get the additional money. So it's very important if the money is still not coming in that you stay after it, keep trying to get it. It will work out. It's just been terribly backlogged. I hear it might be getting a little bit better. I really hope it is. I don't know, but I just don't want you to give up. I want you to keep trying. Remember, if you have a question for the Ask Peggy segment, go to askpeggy.com. That's A-S-K-P-E-G-G-Y.com and send your question. I look forward to answering it on the air. In the meantime, I want you to have a good week. We're going to get through this. See you then. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at PeggyDoviak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money. <laughs>